Hello and welcome to this special edition of Black Sheep Podcast. I am Jeffrey, your host, and HIV stops with me, Spokesmile. In this special edition of Black Sheep Podcast, I don't share my story particularly, but rather I turn the microphone to my community. It was brought to my attention that my story is not that uncommon. It is not that special. Or is it? Uncommon? It is not, absolutely. But special? It is absolutely. Just like the story of every single black and LGBTQ individual who has been born and raised in America. And not because it is uniquely different one from the other, but rather because of how we have embraced those experiences and found our authentic queer black selves and embraced that individual. As we all know, many don't even survive adolescence and take their own lives. So let this be a reminder to all of us that we're more alike than different and anyone who has made it this far has done a hell of a great job being black and LGBTQ in America. That being said, enough of my preaching. Please enjoy another not so common black LGBTQ present history story. And thank you, LT. Is that the way you want to be referred to? It's just LT? Yes. All right. So LT, uh, yeah, I still don't know your real name. But I actually like the fact that I don't know it. Because it, you know, it adds to the mystery of uncovering. Exactly. exactly. It, it really does, and I think I, I even when I get to know your real name, you're still just always going to be LT. It's just, I'm not going to be able to make the switch in my head. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm too old to. Um, you're going to be the dead horse. But I wanted to invite you. I wanted to interview you because. This past year was an eye-opener for me. A friend, um, I had mentioned something to a friend about my story, and he replied back with, it's not that uncommon, you know, in our community. And rather than take it like it was a mean compliment, I looked into that and it just made me realize, yes, it is, uh, my story is not that uncommon. It's all over our community, everywhere you look at. Every friend I know, they've gone through something like it. If you're black and LGBTQ, you've had a hard life, whether you choose to disclose it or not. So I'm gonna start with the first question, which is how would you characterize or describe your youth? Um, Did you feel your color? I did. Um, I remember when I went to, when I was five years old, I went to a um, like Head Start school, and it was Christian, one thing, and 95% of the student body was white, and it was ran by white people, and so um, I definitely felt and what it's like to, and saw, I felt, saw, what it was like to be like that unique individual in the room. Yes. Other individuals that I've interviewed here, 
they spoke about colorism and the difference between light skin and dark skin. I would put you in the category of light skin. So, did that make a difference? Did that impact? Did that? Did you get preferential treatment over someone who was a darker skin? Do you feel? Yeah, I would not say for me, but I have witnessed it. Um, and friends of, with friends of mine, um, they they had family members, namely like a um, aunt, who would refer to her nieces and nephews based off the color of their skin. And like, uh, you were, I remember that there was, um, or her niece, she would call her Coco. <laughs> yeah, and, um, and then one of their nephews, she would call like her light-skinned Baby, and I was like, oh. Yeah, so one is Coco. This is what you children to do. Okay. Huh? So one is, yeah. So one gets the the cute, pretty. uh, I guess you can say the positive affirmation, while the other one gets like, yeah, you're just Coco. (laughs) You know. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But but but, you know, it was like fair, like with the little, um, like the baby voice, like, oh, you're little. It's kind of like that backhanded slap, or no, no, not backhanded, but the, the backhanded compliment. So, um, so yeah. it just tells me that it almost kind of begins in our. Well, we don't want to believe that it does. It kind of is enforced or reinforced in our homes because. Uh, our ancestors have felt it, their color since the beginning, so they mm-hmm. almost became to emulate how they were treated by society themselves, and like prefer, you know, preferring is not that we have racism within our own culture; it's that the one that is lighter skin may have a better advantage in life because of the color of their skin, and that's mm-hmm. a reality. Um, but you never got preferential treatment. So let tell us a little about you growing up. What kind of what was your childhood like? How would you describe your childhood? Were you happy? Were you, did you feel content? Did you feel like your needs and everything was addressed and taken care of? Um, yes, uh, I was the on my father's side of the family. I was the one of the. No, I was the old. I am the oldest male grandchild, um, and so with that came with my grandmother spoiling me, like <laughs> mom. So I went with her on like her like Avon routes and all of this stuff, and so um, and for my parents, they like because I was the only child for about six years. I was spoiled. They gave me everything I wanted, and. Um, um, and I, but I do remember um, that on with like around certain family members, namely on like my mom's side, um, they would like there was this whole there was some like culture of teasing and making fun, and and I've also like had to endure that in school. So it's like you know that you learn how to watch what you say, and, you know. Don't say too much. Act a certain way so you can get in. 
Exactly. It's, um, well, fitting in has always been our biggest, um, I guess you could say, problem. Um, we know we just don't fit in. It starts with the color of our skin. It doesn't look like yours. The texture of our hair. Uh, and there are all those questions. Did you ever get those questions about your features or anything that made you not want to be black growing up? I know. I, I, I can't, can't recall, do, <laughs> I can't recall I, Jeffrey, but I will say, I will say, and I joke about this now, but then it makes me a little like angry at the same time. Um, I remember um, when I first saw the movie Charles Play, which came out the very first one when 
acceptable words, but let's just be honest, faggot has become my favorite word because it, once I learned to say, I, yeah, it's okay for you to call me that. That's the way you prefer to refer to me as, but I don't see it as something negative. I am gay. <laughs> you're stating a fact. Okay. Right. In a different, in your own way, but you're still stating the fact. <laughs> so, it's owning, like, it's owning that and the whole end, but, you know, that takes time and... So tell me how it, it went in your head. What were some of the... Like, tell me when you were, like, really confused about it, you know? Let's just put you in the locker room when you're... Why not look at him? <laughs> and you know you have to walk out of here and like act all manly. <laughs> tell me about something. Like, tell me, uh, tell me the juicy <laughs> this story. I'll keep it PG thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> I will uh, say that I will, one of one of the things that really had me quite baffled, but in a good way, was when um. I was when it was actually this is a locker room story one day at school and uh, you know how uh, I don't know if you remember but you know boys straight guys they have this thing about grabbing on each other which in my opinion is think of I think of it as a way of sexual like exploration but they like doing it as a way to like just say oh like we're just playing but really like you're snatching deals or whatever <laughs> church background that you never want to disappoint your family. Exactly. So, you know, um, yeah. 
So you let them think whatever they wanted to think. You didn't correct them whether they were right or wrong. Because exactly. some of us, we go into that whole, no, I'm not. Don't call me, you know, when you know you really are. <laughs> yeah. Like, why would I, like, play into that? And you know, they have this whole, like, bait and hook you thing where they'll, like, say something to see how you're going to respond or react. And, like, aha, I see, I knew it. It's like, nah, you got, maybe they will work on someone else, but I'm here to you, so, yeah. You were like, it takes two to play this game, and I'm not playing, okay? <laughs> I'm choosing not to play this game. <laughs> I'm just choosing to be me over here, and you can talk about me and speculate as much as you want. I'm not, I neither confirm nor deny that I can you like the governor, right? <laughs> You're the CIA. You, you, you don't know. Plausible deniability. You don't know. <laughs> But, so now you are at this point in life where you have just become a person in your own right. I met you at a activist rally, and we hit it off, we talked the entire way. It was a long walk, and we talked the entire way. I got to really get to see why you were passionate about raising awareness and being a positive voice. I've also seen you grow up through these couple of years that I've known you. I want you to tell us if you um, whatever you want to share of your personal life, the things that you do. What are some of the things that you do personally to maintain that positive light and energy that you have and to protect it from others who energy vampires that basically come to suck the life out of you and it's hard to be black and LGBTQ plus and maintain that level of positivity. How do you block out negative influences and voices or anything that may come your way that may want to shake you from your center? Well, the answer to that question, Jeffrey, is I am civil towards everyone but I will only allow myself to be like intertwined or any really even engage in a deep conversation with select people because um you know I feel like Pete like you just have to have a sense of what you will and won't stand for and you also have to know how to read people and their like energy and if they and within the first five to and, 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 no before you even have a conversation with them just sit back and watch and observe and just see how that person's move and if it's and if they are and if they're doing things and saying things that I know that uh, that will that I find uh, like very conflict with who I am I'm like okay I can be nice to this person and we can you know work together on this um to achieve this goal that we're trying to do but the buck is not stop there you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to be sending no text messages. I don't want to hang out. I don't want to do all this stuff with you because I know that, yeah, so you just have to know how to protect your headspace and your time and your energy from certain, like, individuals. 
because it doesn't mean they're a bad person. We just have different vibrations. And if I'm already exactly. seeing that we're not vibrating and we're going to be butting heads if I engage in a relationship or a friendship, it's, it's just only going to go south. <laughs> exactly. It's like you know what you're signing up for. So um, like if you choose to pursue something with that person, be it a friendship or like a had like a relationship, they showed you and like you saw it for like yourself, so. What is your recipe for knowing that you are loving and lovable and deserving of love? What advice would you give any black LGBTQ person on how to build that part of themselves up? Because We've all been through it. We've all been knocked down in a lot of toxic relationships. But you've navigated and been able to do it in a way that is also very solid, very mature, especially for your age. What are some tips and advice on that particular thing? Because I believe that is a big component that we seem to struggle with as a community, especially the LGBTQ community, where it's so easy to just jump from one to say next, basically. Uh, my two things would be one, to find something that makes you happy and you pursue the hell out of it, whether it be going uh, bowling, skating, uh, painting, whatever, because you never know what hobby or this thing that brings you joy can like lead you to and the people who you will meet who who also share that like interest and the second thing is to surround yourself with people who are not afraid to tell you the truth one thing i do not one thing that i cannot stand is like yes man like people just go along because they don't want to make you angry or to but you also have to be like mindful of just like yeah like you there are people who will be um very frank with you but no but you also need to know how to decipher like is this feedback they're giving you is coming from a place of good or a place of bad good place exactly if it's coming from a good place and if it's and it's just not all like negative, negative, negative all, all the time. So, because we don't want, we want constructive criticism. People are, you know, what advice would you give someone who is going through similar, who would, obviously there are going to continuously be gay black people, <laughs> and we're probably going to be facing the same struggles as everyone else. But what advice can you? give us as we come into our own accepting and embracing our blackness and our queerness let's just put it that way let's, what advice would you give them to empower themselves open themselves up to connections in the community and live happy lives as you are doing the best advice I can give would be to Define you, you know, and don't become so 
overly and always, you know, always have a backup plan because you never know when something may not work out. So the true face of our community is more than the few or however many of us that share it publicly. There are so many other individuals who are living good, healthy, clean, productive lives that are making mistakes and correcting them, reaching out to friends. I tell you, LT, I want to thank you as a friend, as a, a black friend, as a black LGBTQ friend, as a black queer friend, as LT. I want to thank you so much for giving us a glimpse of your life. I, you know, I'm very public, but most of my friends, they're very private. <laughs> they live very private life. So for them to actually do this, um, I mean, I'm honored. And that's why I want to say thank you for inviting the world into a little bit of your personal life and what you've gone through and how you have risen above it. And you're still empowering other people because you empower me to continue doing what I do. And you give me strength. So it's a beautiful thing. If there's anything else that you would like to say. Um, oh, damn it, I just did exactly what you said that you were going to take out. Uh, but the, sorry. <laughs> so the best, so the final words would be uh, to anyone out there to just um, continue to take care of like yourself and the people who you love. Be the person who you want others to be towards you and to know what and to know when thing or someone is no longer serving you don't be afraid to bow out exactly because if you're not here for my highest good then our story has come to an end and I'm going to keep walking this way you keep walking that way <laughs> And then we're going to be okay because I'm always going to support my community and especially my black LGBTQ community. I'm never going to do anything to hurt them, but I'm going to recognize when it's time to part ways. Okay. Well, it was a pleasure, um, Jeffrey, and um, yes, I had fun doing this. Thank you. I know you also don't talk that much on the phone. <laughs> I got you over a, a half hour. <laughs> I am I'm very fortunate and very lucky. You know, people do. I don't know. Thank you very much. Um, once again, please be kind to one another. We're here to learn from each other and to provide loving support to one another. Thank you for listening to Black Sheep Podcast. For more information about HIV, HIV prevention, or anything related with health and wellness, please visit our website, hivstopswithme.org. Once again, hivstopswithme.org. Let's heal ourselves and heal each other. Because I refuse to believe that hurt people hurt. Hurt people can choose to heal others and in the process heal themselves. Thank you for listening to another episode of Black Sheep Podcast.